Greetings. My name is Patrick and I'm an alcoholic. Today we'll be reading from the AA Grapevine from June of 1993, and oddly enough, it's titled AA in Canada, 50 Years. Before we begin, let's start with the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. And now for our featured reading. The title is The Silent Magic of AA. After a 25-year drinking career, drinking just to kill the pain of life, I came through the doors of AA in Hamilton, Ontario. Out of a possible 19 meetings a week, I went to about 14. And I alternated between having a perfectly open mind and an almost perfectly closed one. But the silent magic of AA was working on me, and I took a little bit of strength from each meeting that I attended. The miracle finally happened to me last September. I had been trained as a design engineer, and I'm used to working and testing assumptions. So I finally decided to make the assumption that I suffered from the disease of alcoholism and to compare what I had learned about that disease with the facts of my life. Fact one. Alcohol has a disruptive effect on uh, the alcoholic's life. My last drunk, which was two beers five years ago, caused me to attempt the murder of my teenage daughter. Her life was saved by a little voice in my head that said, put it down. And I put down the chair in my hand so hard that it broke. That same night, I scared the living daylights out of two of Hamilton's finest as they took me to my alma mater, the Hamilton Psychiatric Hospital. I was in the bubble room again. Fact two, alcoholism is a progressive disease. I reviewed with interest my lost family, my lost house, my lost jobs, my lost car, and my lost abilities to work and to drive. The final loss that woke me up was the loss of my little skill in making music. There was no longer any pleasure in my homemade dulcimer. I had to conclude that if I didn't do something soon, I would lose the only thing I had left, which was my life. Fact three, AA works. For example, in September of last year, I paid a visit to a local psychiatrist to see if he could help me as I knew something was wrong. He told me I was crazy and there was nothing he can do for me. I left his office feeling worse than I went in but it was the meeting night of my home group and I came out of that meeting feeling better than when I went in. Armed with these facts, I now made the decision that I had been ducking for so long and came into the arms of AA for me to save my life. Although I knew most of the people in the room that night, I was terrified that they would throw me out. AA had had truly become the last house on the street for me. There was nowhere else for me to go. Since those dark days of only a year ago, I have been able to accept another truth about myself. My history of 13 psychiatric hospitalizations, and I have sought professional help for my other illness. I am now finding a strength that is slowly growing in me, and and that amazes me. It can only be coming from my higher power that the people in the fellowship of AA have given me. The promises of AA are coming true for me, as I move into an unknown future one day at a time. Although I have a highly trained mind that seeks out causes and conditions, I am no closer today to the truth of how AA works than I was five years ago or 10 years ago. 
All I know is that it works beautifully. In closing, I would say to the newcomer, keep coming back until, until the miracle happens. We won't throw you out no matter who you are or what you have done. And that was from Charlie J. Hamilton, Ontario. A. Thank you. All right, Fernando Alcoholic. I'll be reading story two from the same grapevine, June 1993. This one is called Part of the Solution from Lila B., Lions Bay, British Columbia. One of the gifts of my sobriety has been in traveling to many different countries and to various parts of North America. It's always interesting and enjoyable to experience AA in other places. And I have found that AA holds out just as warm a hand in Bangkok as it does in Sydney, Australia, and that Florida groups have the same singleness of purpose as my home group in West Vancouver. However, (laughs) on a recent trip to eastern Canada, I found differences which profoundly disturbed me. I was on a cruise ship which was calling at various ports in New England and the Marine Time Providence. My alcoholism doesn't take a holiday when I do, so I need the same frequent contact with other sober alcoholics as I do at home. Fortunately, friends of Bill W. met on board every day at 5 p.m., and I was grateful to the two men who showed up each day. Without them, there would have been no meeting. One day, however, there was a noon meeting on the shore in the town where we were docked, and I attended it gladly. To my surprise and dismay, the topic was, do psychiatrists and prescription drugs interfere with the AA program? I sat very uncomfortably through an hour of people getting angry, defiant, self-righteous, rude, and defensive. There was a lot of blaming and confused, hurt feelings I wasn't called on to speak, so my own thoughts, which were mighty unhappy, I kept to myself. I often heard it's a good idea to take what you like and leave the rest, so I felt I left the 95% and resolved to try again the next day. To my amazement and horror, the next day, in another port, the topic was on using and abuse to stay sober. Part way through the meeting, I left feeling angry and frightened. This was an AA, as I know it. My sponsor had taught me that when I am upset, the first thing I need to do is to get quiet so I found a place to be alone, said the serenity prayer, and asked for guidance. What came immediately to mind was the saying, if you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. Calmly, I went back into the meeting and raised my hand, basically said that without a medical degree, None of us is qualified to recommend abuse or any other drug. I don't come to AA to hear opinions anyway. My opinion, along with 50 cents, will get you a cup of coffee. What I, was, what I want is to hear other AAs share their experience, strength, and hope on how they stay sober and live sanely using the spiritual program as laid out in the 12 Steps. I further said that the big book tells us that our defense against alcohol must come from a higher power. Well, my comments were received like cheek, like a weak old fish. People spoke directly at me and let me know that they would talk on any subject they pleased. I had my own day of wanting AA to be 
the way I thought it should be, so I understood their displeasure with being contradicted. Today, I know with all my heart that personal recovery depends upon AA unity. Alcoholics Anonymous was here for me when I got here, and the 12 steps have produced the miracle of sobriety in my life, a life that is for the most part happy, joyous, and free. As well, the traditions have guided me into my true place in Alcoholics Anonymous, just a member among members. I left that meeting feeling calm and strong, knowing that I become a loving custodian of the steps and traditions. That feels just wonderful. Lila B., Lions Bay, British Columbia. Amen. And Bill W., in a 1956 letter, said the course of progress. He said, the, cor- the group conscience of AA is a wonderful thought, sometimes a fearful thing, though a fearful thing. We have with us the conservatives, the liberals, and the radicals. The conservatives of- often put an end to many unworthy projects, but if they had their way entirely, almost nothing would be done. Sometimes they would rot us by preventing action. On the other hand, the radicals would quickly ruin us if they had their way, but all sorts of action that are no good. So the course of progress is somewhere down the middle. All of the influences, good and bad, are needed to spur to progress. (laughs) Bill W., 1956 letter. Thank you. That's why I always thank God for the good and the bad and keep moving forward. And if all fails, read the instructions. <laughs> thank you, Patrick. And thank you, everyone, for coming on here. May the good bless you. Let's go ahead and close out with the uh, third step prayer, please. God, I offer myself to thee to build with me and to do with me as thou wilt. Relieve me of the bondage of self that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power of thy way, the way of life. May I do thy will always. Amen. Keep coming back. Stay. Hey, where's your birds? Greetings. My name is Patrick and I'm an alcoholic. Today we'll be reading from the AA Grapevine from June of 1993. And oddly enough, it's titled AA in Canada, 50 Years. Before we begin, let's start with the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. And now for our featured reading. The title is The Silent Magic of AA. After a 25-year drinking career, Drinking just to kill the pain of life, I came through the doors of AA in Hamilton, Ontario. Out of a possible 19 meetings a week, I went to about 14, and I alternated between having a perfectly open mind and an almost perfectly closed one. But the silent magic of AA was working on me, and I took a little bit of strength from each meeting that I attended. The miracle finally happened to me last September. I had been trained as a design engineer and I'm used to working and testing assumptions. So I finally decided to make the assumption that I suffered from the disease of alcoholism and to compare what I had learned about that disease with the facts of my life. Fact one, 
alcohol has a disruptive effect on uh, the alcoholic's life. My last drunk, which was two beers five years ago, caused me to attempt the murder of my teenage daughter. Her life was saved by a little voice in my head that said, put it down. And I put down the chair in my hand so hard that it broke. That same night, I scared the living daylights out of two of Hamilton's finest as they took me to my alma mater, the Hamilton Psychiatric Hospital. I was in the bubble room again. Fact two, alcoholism is a progressive disease. I reviewed with interest my lost family, my lost house, my lost jobs, my lost car, and my lost abilities to work and to drive. The final loss that woke me up was the loss of my little skill in making music. There was no longer any pleasure in my homemade dulcimer. I had to conclude that if I didn't do something soon, I would lose the only thing I had left, which was my life. Fact three, AA works. For example, in September of last year, I paid a visit to a local psychiatrist to see if he could help me as I knew something was wrong. He told me I was crazy and there was nothing he can do for me. I left his office feeling worse than I went in. But it was the meeting night of my home group and I came out of that meeting feeling better than when I went in. Armed with these facts, I now made the decision that I had been ducking for so long and came into the arms of AA for me to save my life. Although I knew most of the people in the room that night, I was terrified that they would throw me out. AA had had truly become the last house on the street for me. There was nowhere else for me to go. Since those dark days of only a year ago, I have been able to accept another truth about myself. My history of 13 psychiatric hospitalizations, and I have sought professional help for my other illness. I am now finding a strength that is slowly growing in me, and, and that amazes me. It can only be coming from my higher power that the people in the fellowship of AA have given me. The promises of AA are coming true for me as I move into an unknown future one day at a time. Although I have a highly trained mind that seeks out causes and conditions, I am no closer today to the truth of how AA works than I was five years ago or ten years ago. All I know is that it works beautifully. In closing, I would say to the newcomer, keep coming back until, until the miracle happens. We won't throw you out no matter who you are or what you have done. And that was from Charlie J. Hamilton, Ontario. A. Thank you. All right, Fernando Alcoholic. I'll be reading story two from the same grapevine, June 1993. This one is called Part of the Solution from Lila B., Lions Bay, British Columbia. One of the gifts of my sobriety has been in traveling to many different countries and to various parts of North America. It's always interesting and enjoyable to experience AA in other places. And I have found that AA holds out just as warm a hand in Bangkok as it does in Sydney, Australia, and that Florida groups have the same singleness of purpose as my home group in West Vancouver. However, On a recent trip to eastern Canada, I found differences which profoundly disturbed me. I was on a cruise ship which was calling at various ports in New England and the Marine Time Providence. My alcoholism doesn't take a holiday when I do, so I need the same frequent contact with other sober alcoholics 
as I do at home. Fortunately, friends of Bill W. met on board every day at 5 p.m., and I was grateful to the two men who showed up each day. Without them, there would have been no meeting. One day, however, there was a noon meeting on the shore in the town where we were docked, and I attended it gladly. To my surprise and dismay, the topic was, do psychiatrists and prescription drugs interfere with the AA program? I sat very uncomfortably through an hour of people getting angry, defiant, self-righteous, rude, and defensive. There was a lot of blaming and confused, hurt feelings. I wasn't called on to speak, so my own thoughts, which were mighty unhappy, I kept to myself. I often heard it's a good idea to take what you like and leave the rest. So I felt I left the 95% and resolved to try again the next day. To my amazement and horror, the next day in another port, the topic was on using and abuse to stay sober. Part way through the meeting, I left feeling angry and frightened. This was an AA as I know it. My sponsor had taught me that when I am upset, the first thing I need to do is to get quiet so I found a place to be alone, said the serenity prayer and asked for guidance. What came immediately to mind was the saying, if you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. Calmly, I went back into the meeting and raised my hand, basically said that without a medical degree, none of us is qualified to recommend abuse or any other drug. I don't come to AA to hear opinions anyway. My opinion, along with 50 cents will get you a cup of coffee. What I was, what I want is to hear other AAs share their experience, strength, and hope on how they stay sober and live sanely using the spiritual program as laid out in the 12 steps. I further said that the big book tells us that our defense against alcohol must come from a higher power. Well, my comments were received like cheek, like a weak old fish. People spoke directly at me and let me know that they would talk on any subject they pleased. I had my own day of wanting AA to be the way I thought it should be, so I understood their displeasure with being contradicted. Today, I know with all my heart that personal recovery depends upon AA unity. Alcoholics Anonymous was here for me when I got here and the 12 steps have produced the miracle of sobriety in my life, a life that is, for the most part, happy, joyous, and free. As well, the traditions have guided me into my true place in Alcoholics Anonymous, just a member among members. I left that meeting feeling calm and strong, knowing that I become a loving custodian of the steps and traditions. That feels just wonderful. Lila B., Lions Bay, British Columbia. Amen. And Bill W., in a 1956 letter, said the course of progress. He said, the, cor- the group conscience of AA is a wonderful thought, sometimes a fearful thing, though a fearful thing. We have with us the conservatives, the liberals, and the radicals, the conservatives often often put an end to many unworthy projects, but if they had their way entirely, almost nothing would be done. Sometimes they would rot us by preventing action. On the other hand, the radicals would 
quickly ruin us if they had their way, but all sorts of action that are no good. So the course of progress is somewhere down the middle. All of the influences, good and bad, are needed to spur to progress. <laughs> Bill W., 1956 letter. Thank you. That's why I always thank God for the good and the bad and keep moving forward. And if all fails, read the instructions. <laughs> thank you, Patrick. And thank you, everyone, for coming on here. May the good bless you. Let's go ahead and close out with the uh, third step prayer, please. God. I offer myself to thee to build with me and to do with me as thou wilt. Relieve me of the bondage of self that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, of thy way, the way of life. May I do thy will always. Amen. Keep coming back. Stay. Hey, where's your birds? <laughs>